In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Most of you here today are wearing a black clerical shirt. Many regard it as your uniform while functioning as a priest or deacon. Others may have remembered that the bishop likes to see you in clerical garb when we gather together. All of us at one time or another have been asked by a member of our congregation, what's with a black shirt and clerical collar? The historians among us might answer, it's because men and women of the cloth live in a kind of time warp as far as fashion is concerned. (laughs) White collars and black shirts are a stylized reminder of the clothing worn in the early 17th century. Costume and dress evolved for everyone except clergy who tended to be innately conservative and traditional. But I would like to suggest to you this morning that there is another far better reason why we wear black. My insight on this comes not from the Bible or theological tradition, but from singer and songwriter Johnny Cash. As some of you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Johnny Cash ever since I had a chance encounter with him when he was recording his last album in the church that I served in Los Angeles. We spent about 15 minutes alone in the sanctuary talking about his music, his impending death, and about Jesus. Those of you who are Johnny Cash fans will know that he always performed wearing a black shirt and black pants. He too was often asked why he wore black, and he put his answer in one of his most famous songs. It is, I think, also a great statement of why we as Christian clergy do well to wear black. I printed the lyrics of his song for you in the bulletin, and I'd like for us to take just a moment to hear him sing those words again. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black, why you never see bright colors on my back. have a somber tone Well there's a reason for the things that I have on I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down Living in the hopeless hungry side of town I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime but is there because he's a victim of the time I wear the black those who've never read or listen to the words that Jesus said about the road to happiness through love and charity why you think he's talking straight to you and me well we're doing mighty fine I do suppose 
in our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes but just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back up front there ought to be a man in black I wear it for the sick and lonely old for the reckless ones whose bad trip left them cold I wear the black and mourning for the lives that could have been each week we lose a hundred fine young men and I wear it for the thousands who have died believing that the Lord was on their side I wear it for another hundred thousand who have died believing that we all a few things right you'll never see me wear a suit of white oh I'd love to wear a rainbow every day and tell the world that everything's okay but I'll try to carry off a little darkness on my back till things are brighter I'm the man in Johnny Cash's intentional dressing in black was a symbol of his identity with the poor and the oppressed. Coming from an extremely poor background himself, his life was spent in solidarity with the poor, the sick, and especially those in prison. And in his songs, he told their story to the rest of the world. I wear the black for the poor and beaten down, living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. The song goes on to mention a number of groups that might sound familiar to us from the Bible. The poor, prisoners, victims of violence, the elderly and the hungry. Sounds pretty much like that list that Jesus mentioned in our gospel lesson, doesn't it? In our vows, we took as deacons we promised, quote, to serve all people, particularly the poor, the weak, the sick, and the lonely. As priests, our vows echoed those words as we committed ourselves to, quote, to care alike for young and old, strong and weak, rich and poor. It is for those folks that we wear a little black upon our backs. It is our job to be for them, the man in black, the woman in black. Now, please don't confuse this title with a song from the movie Men in Black. <laughs> we are not called to protect the universe from strange-looking looking aliens using exotic super weapons. We are not the cool cops with the black suits and the Ray-Bans on. We are not, in the words of that song, the first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. The agents in the movie, Men in Black, had a secret device that made people forget what they saw. In contrast, 
Our job as clergy is to help people pay attention to the hurt and the darkness which is around us, and especially to the suffering of those who are marginalized. However, if the truth be told, it is exactly among such groups, the poor and the beaten down, that we spend the least amount of our time. It is no secret that the Episcopal Church is the wealthiest of all Christian denominations, although you would often not know it from our stewardship figures, and that we tend to be preoccupied with those matters which most concern upper-middle-class folks, maintaining our buildings, paying decent salaries to our employees, providing uplifting sermons, and dare I say it, entertaining worship experiences to our congregations. All we need to do is take a look at our church budgets to see where our priorities lie. And if it's true that where our hearts are, there will our treasure be also, then our hearts lie mostly with taking care of ourselves, our buildings, our staff, our program, our parishioners. We build silos for ourselves to protect us from the needs of the rest of the world, even when we know in our heart of hearts that Jesus calls us beyond our sanctuary walls. Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do suppose, in our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes, but just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back, up front, there ought to be a man in black. No wonder that the modern prophet Stephen Colbert once said, if people in church want to call themselves Christians but not help the poor, either we have to pretend that Jesus was just as selfish as we are, or we've got to acknowledge that he commanded us to love the poor and serve the needy without condition, and then admit that we just don't want to do it. Well, I do want to do it. And I believe you do too. But I often feel that I don't know how. As a white person of privilege, how do I talk with people who don't share my culture or my educational background? As someone who lives in a big house and has a healthy savings account, how do I model my life for those for whom just feeding their families is an all-consuming struggle? As the leader of a multi-million dollar religious institution who gets invited to hang out with business leaders and politicians, how do I advocate for the powerless and the poor without looking like a big hypocrite? Is divestment the answer? What would my family think if I liquidated my bank account and gave it all to charity? What would my former congregation think if I put a for sale sign in front of the church building? What would you all think if I sent the diocesan endowment funds to the South Sudan? No doubt you'd probably bring me up on disciplinary charges. I doubt that such radical divestment of the church's wealth and what little remaining political power we have 
is going to happen anytime soon. Although I am more convinced than ever that this path, what has traditionally been called the way of the cross, and what I like to, to call, quoting Henry Nouwen, the downward path of Christ, is the only way forward for the church. Solidarity with the marginalized is the only way that we're going to gain credibility in an increasingly secular world. And it is, of course, exactly the mission that Jesus calls us to, as that scary gospel lesson points out. I wear the black for those who never read or listened to the words that Jesus said about the road to happiness through love and charity, why you think he's talking straight to you and me. In the meantime, there are plenty of things we as church leaders can do to carry a bit of black upon our back. We can continue and expand those programs which our congregations already have of serving the poor. I don't believe that there are any of you here who are not involved in this in some way, even if those efforts take only a small part of our total time and money. We can especially look to build those outreach ministries which involve personal contact with those we serve rather than simply putting on a fundraiser or writing a check. Ministry, as we all know, is about relationship, and we really can't serve those whom we don't know. Emergent church leader Shane Claiborne points out, it's not that we don't love the poor, it's just that we don't know any. Wearing the black does not mean performing acts of mercy from a safe and comfortable distance. It means getting our hands dirty. It means hanging out with people who might normally make us uncomfortable. When was the last time the folks in your pews had actual physical contact with those people Jesus names? the poor, the imprisoned, the oppressed. When did you? We can make it a point, secondly, to advocate for justice and to be a public voice for those who have no voice. Just this past month, I met with some folks who were starting a search process for a new rector, and one of them said to me, I hope this time we can get a priest who doesn't talk about politics. I should have replied, when in God's name are we going to stop this heresy that religion has nothing to do with politics? Anybody who says that must have been asleep when they were reading their Bible. For the Bible has everything to do with politics, as does a savior who was crucified for challenging the political and the religious status quo not to hold before our congregations such issues as adequate health care, education, humane immigration, climate change, and gun violence in our prayers and preaching is not just a dereliction of duty on our part. Such silence, as our presiding bishop reminded us last week, is simply immoral. But most importantly, and this brings me back to Johnny Cash. We simply wear the black. 
Every time we put on that clerical shirt, we remember the vows that we took. Every time people see us, they can expect to be reminded that although we preach good news, we also carry their pain. Every time a marginalized person sees us walking among them, they may know that the prayers of the church are with them and that the love of Christ is near them. Twelve years ago, when I became your bishop, I asked my bishop from Los Angeles, Fred Borsch, to preach at my consecration. Just before he went up into the pulpit, he said, I have a message for you from Maggie. Now, Maggie had a special place in the Diocese of Los Angeles. She was an elderly African-American woman who had cerebral palsy and was confined to a wheelchair. She had lived a life of incredible poverty and hardship. And yet she never missed a diocesan meeting or a Dodgers baseball game. She was always there with a smile on her face and her Dodgers hat on her head. And over the years, we had all come to know and love her. Here's what Maggie wanted me to be sure to tell you, said Bishop Borsch. And these are her words. Don't forget the little guy. Don't forget the little guy. I have tried and often failed to heed her advice. But I'll keep trying. Every time I put on my clerical collar and black shirt, not to forget the care of those little guys who are entrusted to us by Jesus as the priests and deacons of this church and for whom we have our ministry. Uh, I'd love to wear a rainbow every day and tell the world that everything's okay but I'll try to carry off a little darkness on my back till things are brighter. I'm the man in black.